Hi, it's Rabbi Jim Egolf. Thank you so much for joining me. This sermon was delivered on Kol Nidre, on the evening that starts Yom Kippur. And we're really going to take a look into one of the challenges I think we all face, just as human beings, which is discovering who we actually are and striving to be that best self we can be. And while that sounds fairly simple, well, I can assure you that in our world, it is not always as simple as it seems. I'd like to hear what you think regarding the sermon. You can always email me at rav, as in Victor, J-I-M, at AOL.com. Or you can call me at 610-624-3441. I would love to hear what you think. Shalom. When I was growing up, I had a problem. You see, when the only movie theater in town burns down, and there's really nothing else to do other than go cow tipping for details, email me or call me. Well, that's when my hometown became fixated on sports. Not just any sport. The sport of God which in Alabama was and is football. It was football this, football that. Yes, we knew that other sports existed. We even had fields for them. But nothing compared to football. That was not my problem. This was. Growing up, and to this day, I stand six foot three, and at that time I weighed around 225 pounds. I was a big kid, a natural for the football team, except I wasn't on the football team. I played in the band. Regardless of the many attempts to get me out onto the football field, which in my mind were always invitations to wear multiple layers of polyester in 95 degree heat and 85% humidity at the end of the Alabama summer, I found the air-conditioned band room more my speed. Many people wanted me to be one thing, a football player, but I wanted to be another. I wanted to be in the band. Being the one you can be is not always the easiest thing, and there's not always a clear path to it. Tonight we're trying to find the people we meant ourselves to be. We begin with Kol Nidre, an annulment of any vows, any pledges we have made before God this past year. We are trying to create a clean slate. Kol Nidre allows us to find peace with God. It does not allow us to find peace with other people. That we have to Make, we have to make that peace with them. Now going back to that Kol Nidre and God peace, if we didn't need a clean slate, if we didn't need a do-over for this past year, we could just end services without Kol Nidre. But we don't. I believe each of us is on a quest 
to find ourselves, and tonight is part of that search. Each of us looks to be the one unique person we can be. You and I are on a journey to be this one great gift each of us can be. Between tonight and 24 hours from now, it is time to rediscover that person in each of us. While it can be, Yom Kippur is not always about repenting for something we did wrong. It can be how Michelangelo carved the statue of David from the marble. As one account states of the carving of this statue, he, Michelangelo, said that David was already there, perfect, inside the marble slab, waiting to be freed. All that Michelangelo needed to do was chip away what was not David. We are magnificent children of God, already perfect, pure light, but covered with limiting beliefs and behaviors that are not us. All we need to do is tap away what doesn't belong in order to free our true magnificent selves. Whether it is repenting for something we did wrong or chipping away at a part of your soul that could use some smoothing or doing something in a relationship that could use less rough edges, it is those rough edges that tell you that you still have some work to do to become the one you can be. It is the fact that you know this which gives you the chance, the possibility to continue the work towards being a better you. It has been a hard year. Jerry Sandusky was found guilty of most of the charges leveled against him, his crimes and injuries of children, horrid. Yet I also want to touch on other people he wounded. When I was growing up, you see, we were the weird family in Alabama. We were Penn State fans. This did not bode well when certain Sugar Bowls came around, yet in the defeats, I remember that one person who was held as a man who cared more than just about the game was the late Joe Paterno. Here was a man who, March 17, 1980, was reported on by Sports Illustrated. Then, on the first day of practice, Paterno announced that three starting defensive players were academically ineligible. All-American safety Pete Harris, brother of Steeler running back Franco, a 1972 Penn State graduate who, in 1978, led the nation in interceptions with 10. Cornerback Carl McCoy and middle guard Frank Case. Harris was a stunning loss, but Paterno was his usual blunt self, saying he was a goof-off in high school, he was a goof-off here. What could I do about it? I don't care whose brother he is. There were many myself included, who looked up to a man like Joe Paterno or a football program such as that at Penn State as an example that sports and academics were compatible if they existed in the correct balance. Now it seems that for over a decade there was a problem. There was something out of balance. And covering up that imbalance was easier than confronting it. I don't want to belabor this anymore except to point out that as we try to become the one who each of us can be, there are possible pitfalls. Here is a football program that traded its stability for a cover-up. We too can fall into the same problem when we become out of balance. And the idea of fighting and standing up for the right thing to do, 
that would be Joe Paterno of 19, 1980, become the disgraced events we saw this past year. Though if there is a hope, a light against the darkness, I have to say that I see it when I've watched Penn State play football this year. I see that light in the players of Penn State because any of them could have left the team due to the sanctions and each young man who has decided to stay is a testament to the character this school will need to face a difficult future. Now back to tonight. We stand to all our vows voided, all our obligations to God abrogated. If we thought that where we were with God was such a good place and we walked into tonight into tonight not needing to repent, then we should just repeat, quickly repeat all those vows we made to God since nothing needed to change. But before you walk down that path, I'd like to invite you to think, reflect, and attempt to discern the path before you. The first thing I want you to do may be the hardest. I want you to find what in yourself you need to forgive. There are broken pieces in each of us, yet oftentimes we don't take the time to look inside and determine where some pain or insecurity roots itself inside each of us. It could be that you wanted to be two inches taller or 20 pounds lighter or 15 IQ points smarter, have better vision, better hearing, a more pleasant singing voice. Yet we have a bad habit in our society of taking these types of just characteristics and giving them a moral value. If you're doing this, ask yourself why. Change what you can and let it go. We all need some forgiveness. And sometimes that forgiveness begins with ourselves. Second, forgive another. Speaking of forgiving ourselves, I have a confession to make tonight, which bridges my personal forgiveness and forgiving others. For many years, I've used fountain pens to write sermons. Not longhand, but notes, specific points, phrases, the things that were critical to get down to structure a sermon. Always a fountain pen. I said so because I felt that once I said something, that was it. There was no taking it back. This year, I think I'm ready to end this metaphor. The first reason being that while I, I love a beautiful fountain pen, it is an instrument, and I should feel free to cross out things when they just don't make sense and start again when I compose my words in a sermon. The second reason is that I need to trust you, my congregation, more. That if I hit a foul ball as opposed to a home run during a sermon, you have the capacity to do what this day is about. Forgive. As a famous Jewish preacher once said, if you're looking for the perfect congregation and find it, don't join it because then it won't be perfect. The same goes for rabbis and the professionals who serve any congregation. To find the perfect rabbi, cantor, executive director, educator, president, board, custodian, is to put them at risk among all of the imperfection that will invariably surround them. Our capacity to forgive, our ability to extend what the rabbis teach, the benefit of the doubt. 
is one of our greatest gifts. Last for this evening, and this again is a question where only you will know the answer. Ask yourself, if I would, what could I change to be the one, the unique individual I could be? Now, if this answer comes easily, maybe it's a sign that it's not the right answer. Second, the difficult answer that each of us seeks could elude us. I mean, doing the right thing eluded Coach Paterno and Penn State for many years. It could very well be less than clear for each of us at this time. Yet to try and turn, to try and change is what God really demands of us on this day. Each of you holds the answer to this question. And even if I know what the answer is, even if your spouse knows what the answer is, even if your close friends know what the answer is, today is about you finding your next step to being that better person. My hope and prayer for all of us is that each of us is able to begin the journey towards that better self who we can be. That we can see the blessings that we already have within us and celebrate them. That we can see the fragmented pieces of our lives and work on them in such a way that they become more whole over the course of this year. And that for those things that we don't know what to do, whether it's a brokenness or a blessing, we're able to turn to God and ask the one who makes all things whole, who makes all things have peace. We're able to take these pieces of ourselves and turn to God and say, help me make sense of this. Help me make this better so that when I come to worship before you next year, I am the better person I would want to be. I am the better person you would have me be. And together we say, Amen.